Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. In today's episode, I had the honor of sitting down with my friend and colleague and fellow therapist, Abby Williams. Abby is the host and producer of the Mimosas with Moms podcast. And in this episode, she opens up and shares her experience as a young mom who is navigating co-parenting, also the experience of being a single parent and eventually blending her family. In this episode, she shares some of the emotions and hard conversations and relationship dynamics that she has had to experience throughout the years. I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. I hope that this conversation makes you feel a little bit less alone and that you also find some helpful resources throughout. All right, are you ready to dive in? Let's get to it. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, mom to three, and I support mamas just like you who want a supported, loving, and rested postpartum so that you can flourish in that first year with baby. In this podcast, I'm sharing my conversations with perinatal experts from around the world and with parents who've been through it. While I hope that this podcast is supportive to you, it is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed health provider. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, Abby. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. We were just saying it takes... It takes a miracle in a village sometimes to set aside the space to to do this and all the schedules and all the things as moms and business owners. And I'm just so grateful that we got a chance to connect and and to do this today. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Dr. Cassidy, for having me. It is such an honor to be joining you. Um, I'm such a fan of yours and oh, motherhood and all the pieces. I'm glad to be in this pocket with you. (laughs) Oh, I'm so, so happy to get to spend the next like 45 minutes or so just like hanging out with you off of Instagram and connecting and talking about a really important subject and one that I have been asked by so many folks to cover and you are such the perfect person. I guess, no, nothing's perfect, but you are a (laughs) wonderful person to connect to, um, connect with around this. And so before we dive in though, can you share a little bit about who you are and the work that you do and why you're so passionate about the work that you do with all of the listeners? Yes. So my name is Abby. Um, I am a mother of four. I am a behavioral health therapist. Um, I mostly work with kiddos. Um, and I am the host of the Mimosas with Moms podcast, and I run the Mimosas with Moms platform. And that's really where I've been spending a lot of my time at these days um, is over on Mimosas with Moms. And Mimosas with Moms was born from a place of such love and just a deep desire and passion to wanting to support moms, empower moms, and connect with moms. Um, I started my motherhood journey when I was 21 years old. I was halfway through my bachelor's degree, and um, it was... It was a big surprise, but it was at a time in my life and in the world where 
support was really lacking. Uh, this was almost 11 years ago now. And that was before Facebook had groups. So there was no Facebook mom groups. There was not Instagram or TikTok or any of these, you know, online platforms, social media connections that we're able to kind of connect with. Um, and it was before my peers were having children. So starting my motherhood journey in that way was very lonely. It was very isolating. And now, you know, I kind of like fast forward to where I am now. I've got four kiddos. We've got this co-parenting situation, this blended family situation going on over at my house. And I just, I have like this big passion to connecting with moms and no matter what you're going through or where you're at, you're never alone. There's always somebody going through it with you. And so I'm just very blessed and thankful and always so grateful for these platforms and these places where moms can plug in. So your passion just truly shines through everything that you put out there. And you're such an incredible resource for other moms. And I love how you turned your experience. It almost became like the muse for all of this incredible work that you do to support moms and to make sure that they know that they aren't alone in their experiences, that there isn't anything wrong with them, but they deserve support. And I I just love that about you and the work that you do. And I can relate to, you know, I had my first when I, uh, nine, and a, nine and a half years ago. Yeah. And I don't know, there just was not the same kind of resources um, that there are now. And it's tricky because it they, tricky. You know, it, what, what it did <laughs> is it forced me, it forced me to go to like, an, to join like an in-person like breastfeeding support group. Yeah. And um, it was really like, I think that, you know, obviously with the pandemic the last year, that, that's not even an option, right. but um, you know, I think that it forced me to get out there and be with people in person. Um, because we could at the time. And, you know, I think that I was able to, through that, find mom friends. And I didn't have the online digital space at the same capacity that it is now, right? And so it's tricky because I think that sometimes now we are so connected digitally, but it can feel like- Still isolating. It can feel like we're- Yeah. Yeah, Like, it's like, we feel like we're connected, but we aren't. And so it's, I love the way that you, um, the way that you're trying, you know, you're holding space for moms. And I think a podcast is a, is a great way, um, to really dive in deep into dialogue around some of these things. Cause I think with social media, so much of it is just like quick clickbaity information and it's hard to dive in deeper and to really build that bridge to get off of this digital space into, like real supportive spaces with in real time with people. It definitely you know? is tricky because, you know, you get into like the comparison traps that can happen on social media. You get into just like the information overload that can happen. Um, but I think, you know, I kind of wish like that there were these platforms back when I had started because while there were like these in-person groups that I could have been joining, I just felt there was a lot of shame around young motherhood. Um I don't know if young moms are still kind of go through those things, but I know for me, um, you know, it was not ideal in my family of origin. Um, Yeah, there was just, there was a lot of shame kind of going through that. And 
kind of having to like pick myself up and like trudge through that. It was hard. Um, but I did. I graduated with my bachelor's. I went back to graduate school. I graduated number one in my class as a single mom. And, you know, I just I believe in like the fierceness of mothers and that we can truly do anything. Um, motherhood is rough. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah. Can you share with us a little bit about your story, your and you know, your journey into motherhood? Because yeah. you know, what we're talking about today is like single parenting mm-hmm. and then finding navigating co-parenting if that's something that um somebody navigates with their partner right. um, that they had the baby with and then and then blended families because I know that's what you have now. Yeah. Maybe you could share this a little bit about your story. So we started our motherhood journey young, like I said. Um and I think, you know, our situation is maybe unique to others, but I think all of our situations are unique in their own way and then all kind of similar in some ways. Um, so for us, kind of going through our early years of adulthood, I guess you would say, um, maybe I would have like expected it to be more, I don't know, worse. <laughs> But we kind of like went into it, my son's father and I, of just, you know, we're young, we're both broke, we're both trying to figure out where where we're going. You know, we have these career paths that we're on, but, you know, like now how are we going to get there? And so for us, we really supported one another. Um, we've never been inside a courtroom. We've never, you know... I've never received like a child support check from him. We've always just split everything 50-50. We have a very amicable situation. Um, And that's not always the case, and that's okay. Um, And so for us, we just really always put my son first, I guess. And how are we going to make this just the best situation that we can. And so in putting him first, it was like, okay, well, he needs two parents that are able to succeed here. Um, So that's how we were going to get there. We were going to just be our supports. Um, And I know that, you know, in a lot of co-parenting situations that don't probably start out the way that mine did, um, you know, maybe there was a breakup, maybe there's something messy, um, there's feelings involved. And I think that those are all okay. I think that the number one priority, though, always needs to stay the child. So there has to be that ability to check your emotions at the door. You can have hurt feelings with what happened, you know, to end that relationship. Um, you can have feelings of anger or resentment or sadness or grief. You know, your feelings are totally valid. But at the end of the day, the child is not the one to be suffering. So how are we going to now like trudge forward to raise this child where they're not footing the emotional bill of your relationship? Um, Mm. And sometimes that means that you have to go through a court system and you only communicate through, you know, there's different apps now that co-parents communicate through because they're not able to communicate with one another. Um, There's lots of different things in place for different co-parenting situations. Um, And I think that whatever works for you and your family is always the best thing. Um, So for us, we have just always put him first. I think 
one of the biggest tips I can give for co-parenting is picking your battles. Um, you definitely have to give up a level of control when you're in a co-parenting situation. Um, my son's father and I, we co-parent very well. We, like I said, we're very amicable. We have gone to the pumpkin patch every single year together since my son was born. We celebrate birthdays together and Christmas morning together. Um, he comes to my house and always walks in when we do pickups and drop-offs. Um, and like I said, that's not the case for everybody. But it's still even having like this amicable co-parenting situation it's still hard to give up 50% of that time with my son, 50% of the control over his life. You know, you think of you're his mother, you know, and he's that's that's a piece of your heart leaving out in the world 50% of the time. Um, is he going to bed at the time that I would be putting him to bed at? Is he eating the foods mm -hmm. I would be feeding him? Is he getting too much screen time? Is he, you know, and like the list can just go on and on and on. And you can drive yourself crazy with these things. And, you know, I've been there. <laughs> I'm not perfect yeah. in some of these situations every single time either. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're not worried about safety and you know that you're you're sending your child to a home where they're loved and they're safe. You have to give up some of that control over those other things. You know, you have no say really over what goes on over there. And like for me, screen time is very triggering for me. <laughs> I know he gets way more screen time over at the other house than he does at my house. And like it drives me crazy inside. But I'm not projecting that onto my son. I'm choosing to pick my battles there. And I just stay true to me and my parenting values when he's at my home. And that's really all you can do. Hmm. Yeah. I know that when I've worked with couples and I've worked with couples at all stages of this, right. like couples that come in and they're still together and they, through the process of couples therapy, come to the decision um, at some point to separate and um, and then there's that there's that process mm -hmm. and that stage of it. Um, and then there's the co-parenting stage and navigating and figuring that piece out. And what I've found often is that when you it's so easy. Right, there, there can be. It sounds yours. Your separation was. It sounds like was very amicable, and a lot of times they aren't. Right, right? right. And so there can be so. And even when they are, there can be like you said, so many emotions mm -hmm. and feelings about the ending of this relationship, the ending of what you thought this was going to look like. There can be a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. There can be grief, and you, you said, you know how important it is to come back to the well-being of your child. And sometimes the, the ways for us to do that, because I totally agree that when I'm working with a couple and there's a lot of animosity and tension, a lot of times if we can come back to like at the end of the day, do both of you want your child or your children to be healthy and happy and um, feel secure in their attachments, right? And connections to their parents. And, and at the end of the day, that can be sort of like this place to come back to, right? right? Where we can at least agree and get on that same page, or at least the hope is that we can we get there, right? right. But a lot of times, a lot of times, what 
each partner needs to do is get their own support. So sometimes I'll, ref- I'll refer both of them out to do individual therapy so that they can get the individual support, right? Because their, their feelings, their emotions, their mental health, all of that matters so much. And as they are working on that, that's going to contribute to their ability to come back together and focus on what's going to be the best here for our children, right? right. Um, and how can we, you know, communicate? How can we, you know, get on the same page about certain things? How can we co-parent and work together for our children? Um, a lot of times you've, we've got to do We've got to get our own support, right? right? And 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 have that space for each of ourselves. I love too. that you're saying that um, about the individual support because I do I think it's so important. And I think on top of that, once you if you're not getting that individual support, you get kind of festered in some of these feelings, these resentments, these angers. And a lot of the times then children are able to hear them, see them. And then they start getting internalized, right? Because your child, Mm -hmm. they feel those things and they also feel, I'm 50% of this other person. If you don't like Mm -hmm. dad and I'm 50% Mm -hmm. dad or I have a lot, a lot of my personality is more like my dad than it is like my mom, what does that mean about me? You know, am Mm -hmm. I bad? Do you not like me either? And I know like no parent ever wants their child to feel like that. So I do. I think that, you know, those individual supports are so important. Um, And, you know, that goes for our marriages as well or your current relationships. You know, there are people there are things that drive you crazy (laughs) about your partner and not not venting them in front of the kids, I think, is important. Go find your places where you're able to drain off or collect yourself or go for a run or whatever you do that kind of gets those oh, they're driving me so crazy right now out. And those things are normal. Relationships have those, you know. Yeah, relationships are hard. <laughs> Partnerships are hard. They're hard. Parenting, co, being co, co-managers of a child, right? It's like really co-parenting hard. or whether you're – it's really hard. Yeah. It is really hard. Yeah. Um, okay, so kind of coming back to – you know, the experience of being a single parent. Mm. Um, what are some of the unique challenges that you would say single parents experience, um, you know, just kind of the day in, day out? Um, some of the emotions that can show up also when navigating being a single parent. What are some of those? Um, I think not having somebody to tag into is really hard. Um And, you know, now I feel like the word single parent kind of gets like thrown around in different views. So I was a I always referred to myself as a single parent because my relationship status was single. Right. I wasn't married. Um, But now I see a lot of people kind of saying that that's not a single parent because you're co-parenting. So you're you know, mm. shipping a child off half the time. Um, So I don't really know whoever's listening what their definition of a single parent is. Um, but I think for me, it was hard not having that other person to tap into, right? When you're feeling overwhelmed, uh, burnout, tired, um, stressed, anxious, whatever your feelings are, you know, I think there's 
it's helpful to be in a partnership, you know, now being where I am now, I'm married with four kids. Um, I find that partnership extremely helpful where back then I was really lacking that support. Um, but I got the break, right? He went to his dad's house half the time um, where now, and, you know, you think about the true single parents that don't have a co-parent, you think about them co or just single parenting, especially during this pandemic when supports were non-existent. I think the burnout is overwhelming. Um, I really feel for the single parents right now. Um, and on top of that, you know, you think about all the working pieces it is to get to record this podcast for you and I. You know, we're both in partnerships. Yeah. We have access to um, childcare. Maybe we're able to afford childcare or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think about myself as a young, what I thought was a young single mom. Um, and we went through some seriously financially rough times. Um, I was putting myself through school. I was working as much as I could and trying to get him to where he needed to be. And it was really hard. Um, it was hard to get through school as a single mom. Um, I actually did my master's, um, my capstone on the barriers and like challenges of being a parent and or unplanned pregnancies while in school. Um, you know, there's just not enough resources for those people. But, you know, and I didn't have the supports to really be tapping into to get myself through that. Um, and the financial struggle it took to get through that. Yeah. I think that that is a huge challenge for single parents is the yeah. support, the fear, you know, am I doing this right? Am I going to be able to pay rent this month? Um, am I ever going to get a break? <laughs> um, am I going yeah. to find somebody who's worthy of being in my life and a good fit for my family? Um, that was a fear of mine. You know, especially having the amicable co-parenting relationship that I did, that was always a big um, thing for me was that whoever was going to come into our life had to be okay with my co-parent. And I totally understand, you know, why that wasn't for everybody, you know, why feelings of jealousy might come up, you know, why do you have this great relationship with your ex? Um why do you guys celebrate Christmas morning together? That's weird. You know, I totally understand why somebody might feel that way. Uh, but for me, like like I said, we put my son first. I don't want to miss out on Christmas morning. I know he doesn't want to miss out on Christmas morning. So selfishly, we're like, well, we're just going to do this together. So nobody has to miss out. Um, you know, but so having to find that right fit, who can come in and fit into that and be okay and confident and a loving other person, you know, that was a fear of mine. What, what would that look like? Luckily I found him. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But I mean, the stress of that, I mean, just yeah. in dating yeah. right? and in bringing somebody into yeah. your child's life and yeah. like you said, navigating 
I mean, it's not just this relationship, but there's somebody else, yeah. right? Your your child parent, um, since you were co-parenting. Yeah. Yeah. And you you're you're talking here about just the the burnout and the you know, the potential barriers in resources and are what are there resources for single parents that when somebody reaches out to you that you often will find yourself recommending, whether it's um, like the logistical resources, right? Like um, where people can can go to find financial resources, support resources, childcare resources, um, but also I don't know if there's books or other resources that you often recommend or have found to be really helpful as it relates to the emotional sort of experience of single parenting. I know. Um, I think uh, postpartum or what is it? Postpartum International. Support. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that they have a single parent support group, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, For me, I found a mom's group to plug into through a church. Um, I wouldn't really say that I'm very religious, but those are where locally a lot of um, the mom groups are in my area. And Finding that community for me is so beneficial. Um, I never did find the supports with all the other barriers personally. Um, Mm. But, you know, I know that there's a lot of government assistance programs that you can tap into. And, you know, I don't think that there's any shame in going and getting the help any way that you need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because for you and for your child, right? Right. One thing that, you know, I experienced um, with a friend of mine, a family that I was connected to, um, I was friends. She was one of my mom friends and uh, she passed away from cancer. And I watched her husband navigate uh, becoming a single parent um, as a, as a widow. And you know, there was family that would come and visit, but they didn't live here. And he would, you know, well, I took the step to say, hey, we want to offer offer support. And he received and accepted the support, right? So we would um, take the kids. um, Sometimes, you know, they would sleep over and it would just give him a chance to like get some restorative rest and like yeah. get a break um, sometimes. And um, yeah. And sometimes we would have play dates with him and the kids. And um, like, I was just very much like encouraging him that even when we were all together to like, to not have to think about it. Right. Like I've got, I've got it. Like I've got my eyes on all of them, you know, like kind of the things that you do when you have a co-parent, right. you know, um, you're doing and, and you're with them there. And so I'm just curious um, if you have any sort of ideas of creative ways that, that single parents can get those breaks because that like, it's so important to have just margins in your day, your life, restorative rest, breaks. And it can be very hard, obviously, when you're a single parent. And so just what are some of those ways that we can get support? I mean, maybe some of them are obvious, but it just doesn't feel like we can be 
resourceful in these moments when we're stressed. Um, what are some of the ways we can get those, those parents can get breaks? First of all, I just wish that every single parent had a friend like you, <laughs> because that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, you know, anybody who's listening, who maybe is not a single parent, and knows a single parent, you know, offer that. I think that that is so powerful to tap into the people around us. You know, we have so much power to support one another and empower each other, lift each other up and help put, you know, something valuable in each other's buckets. Um, That is so, so important. But, you know, I think we live in a world where we're able to plug in our kids. I don't think that there's any shame in giving an hour of screen time uh, so that oh, you can absolutely. so that you can get your bucket filled, you know, especially during, you know, this pandemic or, you know, if you're in a situation where you don't have supports, you don't have a means to pay a babysitter or you don't have family nearby, um, you don't have a group of mom friends, you don't have those people to plug into. I don't, you know, I'm all for you plug those kids in for an hour, go get a nice bath or, you know, wherever, whatever you're doing that's filling your bucket. Um, I think it's important, you know, watch a YouTube yoga video. That's what I do during nap time. Um, and then that's how I like self-care. I use nap time for my own here as a mom of four who is in a relationship. But, you know, I have to get creative with these things too sometimes. Um, yeah. You know, and or fostering that ent- independent play, you know. Listen, right now we're having an hour of quiet time because mom needs an hour. I think that yeah. modeling that, those things and saying those things, depending on what ages you're dealing with, what age ki- kiddos you guys have, um, but being able to say, mom is feeling tired right now. I need, I need a break. Yeah. You know, modeling yeah. that is so important because now you're raising children that I don't have to be rewarded with a break. I can communicate my needs and I can give myself permission to take a break because I'm tired, not because I deserve mm. it or because I worked so hard and now like this is the end game. No, like I need to take care of myself each day and each day I'm going to allow myself this time. And this is easier said mm. than done. I struggle with this also. Um, <laughs> but you know yeah, what I mean? But it's so important yeah. to be modeling these behaviors also and making sure that you're putting stuff into your bucket. Um, how, however that looks, you know, what yeah. what is the thing yeah. that recharges you? Is it the online yoga video? Because right now you can't afford to go to the yoga studio because it's stupid expensive. Uh, maybe that's the <laughs> thing, you know. Um, is it going outside and doing some breath work in the fresh air? Is it putting all the kids in strapping them into the car and taking a drive, um, waiting until they fall asleep and going through a drive through and enjoying a hot lunch where you don't have to share? Is it, um, you know, strapping them into the stroller where they can't run away and taking a nice walk? Um, I don't know. You know, I think we all have our things yeah. that help us recharge. But I think prioritizing those things and being intentional with that time 
is beneficial not only for you, but for the people watching you. And I love that you mentioned here that it's modeling. You know, I yeah. think that sometimes once I when I when I realize that that I, I sometimes have it <laughs> and it's easier committing myself to yeah. things, right? Like because it's for the kids. I'm modeling this for them, which you know, of course, what what I want to come back to is like, no, like you're human too, and you just deserve it because you deserve it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, I think the modeling piece is so helpful. And and I'm just gonna throw this in here um, since people who are tuning in are podcast listeners. I just finished listening to a podcast episode from my friend, um, Dr. Becky and her new uh, podcast, Good Inside. And she just did this whole episode about screen time. Yeah, And I loved it. It was such a resourceful um, episode related to navigating screen time. And it's def- it's not anti-screen time at all. It's about ways that we can support screen time right like and and have and also and also she talks in there about um developing independent play skills with our kids too so i'll throw that in the show notes along with the other resources um that were mentioned in this episode like postpartum support international um because i just think that it's it's really helpful to to, I think that sometimes it was like screen time, we, we are, are afraid, right? Like we're afraid or we feel guilty. There's a lot of guilt bad. and shame around it. Yeah. 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 I mean, you mentioned it earlier that it could be a trigger for you, you know, <laughs> but it's just like one of those things that like, it's like, thank goodness we live in a day and age where we have this option yeah. to, that can help us get a break. Because you know what? If I give my kids like a 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour of screen time, and I get to go back and restore myself in some way, I'm going to come back a more present, less irritable mom. And that's going to be the better for all of us. And what Dr. Becky talks about in the episode is how to support our kids in the transition out of screen time, because that's what I need. It's never going to feel like enough, you know, like screens are just built to never feel like enough. And so it's always going to be hard. And she kind of, nav- she kind of describes and talks about that, which I thought was super helpful. Cause I just think that, yeah, sometimes, sometimes that is the option, right. To get creative right. uh, on a certain particular day, just to get that break. And there is no shame in that you will come back a more rested parent and more present parent, um, because you gave yourself that space and that margin. Right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, kind of moving into the blended family experience, <laughs> um, talk to us a little bit about that and how, you know, again, I think that each of these subjects are so big and can be so nuanced that, you know, you and I were even saying beforehand, they could each be their own podcast episode and not even that, but like there's so many different experiences and stories um, that each individual could connect to and relate to or or benefit from hearing. And, and, you, and this is, you are one person in one voice, right. right? And I want to honor your story for those who can connect with it. Um, and so maybe you could share this a little bit about the experience for you of navigating, uh, walking into a, a, you know, a new partnership and, and blending your family. So I was very cautious in the beginning of our relationship of, you know, I wanted to wait like this super long time before I introduced him to my son. Um, it was very apparent very quickly that like this was the person for me and every person around me was like, what are you doing? Like dragging this on. 
like, I know I'm being crazy. Mm. Um, so I think like we just knew it pretty much immediately the this we were for each other. Um and I guess like one of those things when you know, you know. I don't know if I believe in that, but it was that way. <laughs> um, but like I said, you know, we always my myself, I've always put my son first. Um, my relationship with his father is my relationship with him. And so having a lot of those conversations with my now husband uh, while we were dating in the beginning of this is what my life is like. This is what it looks like. Um, so there were several months there where, you know, I was seeing him during my time without my son um, and just continuing those conversations. You know, there was uh, my son's birthday, you know, at the beginning of our relationship where, oh, I'm going to a baseball game with my son and his dad. Like, you're not invited because you haven't met my son yet. Um like, are you going to be okay with these kind of things? Um, and he was very on board, uh, very supportive and positive about our co-parenting relationship. Um, my, I guess the way I mother my values and the things that I stay true to, um, he was very supportive of. So then I, slowly integrated him in with my son, um, his father. And yeah, I think in going through the blending of a family, you know, we got married, we have had three babies back to back. Um, and I just have always had such an open dialogue with my son where I think we have, we just have a great ability to communicate with each other. He's able to be open with me. He's able to tell me how he's feeling. And I'm always open to hearing him. Um, I validate his feelings, you know. So when we were expecting our first together, so my second child, um, my son started asking questions. He was five and he started asking questions, you know, why are you married to this baby's dad and not my dad? You know, and yeah, those are hard questions. Those are hard things to, you know, kind of sit with and you feel bad um, or I felt bad. Um, but honoring kind of his thoughts, his feelings about them. You know, I love your dad and I do. I have love for your dad. He's your dad. Um, but that doesn't always mean that that's the person that you end up with. Um, having those conversations with a five-year-old look a little different. Um, but honoring, you know, his curiosity, maybe his feelings around them. You know, in the past couple mm -hmm. years, he's kind of said how much it stinks going between two houses. You know, he's had conversations of, um, when I'm at dad's house, I miss you. When I'm at your house, I miss dad. Yeah, buddy, that really stinks. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm sure you miss yeah. us. You know, we miss you too. And I think as parents, yeah. we're just like so quick to wanting to fix things, you know, yeah. and sometimes like we're not able to fix our kids' emotions, right? And like sometimes things just stink. You know, you have a lot yeah. of love in your life. You are so lucky um, to have the situation that you do, but it also stinks and there can be both, right? Um, right. We can be grateful and kind of see the suck in it and that's okay. Um, 
So in our blended family, we just are very, you know, welcoming of any and all feelings, emotions. We hold space for them. We, um, yeah, we just like, we just let it be. Mm. I think that being able to hold space for the both and, right, that right. two things can exist at the same time is it's hard. Such, <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard, but it's such a powerful and empowering thing to be able to feel like is accept is accepted, mm-hmm. right? Like um, to accept within yourself to be able because I just think that I, I know so many adults that struggle with two things being able to exist at once, right? Like, Me. <laughs> that pain, pain and, yeah like it can be so hard and so I think being able to I mean gosh foster that and support that and empower that within your child within him now yeah. um is is so is so powerful and is going to serve him as he continues to grow um and navigates a world where pain and joy and gratitude and grief and difficulty can all is all going to be experienced and can be can coexist you know life is messy Um, yeah life is is really is really messy it's just part of the human experience right um are there any other resources that you can think of related to um talking to your kids say you you mentioned like talking to your kids and having those hard conversations as it relates to um co-parenting or separation or divorce um are there any particular books or other resources that you have found helpful related to all of the things that fall under the umbrella? You know, I can't really think of any resources off the top of my head. Um, I'll definitely shoot them over to you for the show notes if I think of them. I think really Perfect. just centering in on putting your child first, validating them and their experience, um, and just really cultivating that relationship with your child. Where there can be open is dialogue. The most important, right. Yeah. It's the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be sure to include links to anything um, that we find resourceful in the show notes. And Abby, you are an incredible resource. So where can people find you. you and your work and all of your offerings? Yeah, so you can find me over on Instagram at Mimosas with Moms. That's where I am the most active. And you can find my podcast, Mimosas with Moms, uh, wherever you are listening to this podcast. Amazing. Abby, thank you so much for taking the time. So grateful to know you, to call you a friend, to be connected with you, and just so grateful for this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to hear when new episodes air. Looking for more support? I teamed up with a board-certified OB-JOYN to bring you two e-courses for expecting and postpartum parents. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Thank you so much for inviting me into part of your day today. I'm so grateful, and I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day.